This is Community Matters, the podcast that brings you conversations that are critical to managing and governing condos, cooperatives, and homeowner associations. I'm your host, Tony Campisi, Executive Director of the Keystone Chapter of Community Associations Institute. Tune in each episode for the insights and information that are key to inspiring professionalism, effective leadership, and responsible citizenship, ideals reflected in community associations that are preferred places to call home. Today, I'm speaking with Giselle Hymanson, ASID, interior designer, with Parallel Architectural Group, and Barbara Saxton, CMCA AMS PCAM, Regional Condominium Manager with the Gallman Group. Our conversation today will focus on tips and trends for community associations that may be considering a renovation to a clubhouse, common room, or other common areas in your community to keep your community fresh and updated. Before we get to our topic today, here's a brief word from our sponsor, Hoffman HOA Law. I'm Ed Hoffman with Hoffman Law, LLC. Hoffman Law LLC is a recognized leader in community association law. We're known for our responsiveness, legal acumen, leadership in the association industry, and our unwavering focus and commitment to education. You can learn more about us at our website, hoffmanhoalaw.com. Hoffman Law LLC is proud to sponsor this episode of the Community Matters Podcast. Giselle and Barbara, welcome to Community Matters Podcast. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves and your organizations. Hi, Tony. I'm Giselle Hymanson. I'm an interior designer at Parallel Architectural Group. We're a full-service architectural and engineering firm based in Long Branch, New Jersey, uh, but we also service New York and Pennsylvania. Uh, I head up a team on residential and commercial interior design. Uh, And on the community association side, I also work on recommendations for exterior refreshes and facade renovations. Um, I've also been pretty lucky in the last couple of years to work as an adjunct professor at Brookdale Community College in their interior design program as well. Happy to be here today. Hi, Tony. Um, Barbara Saxton. I am my regional community manager with the Galman Group. Our corporate office is in Jenkintown, and we manage um, community associations throughout the suburbs, primarily. Um, We don't do anything in Center City, but we do do manage in the suburbs. We also own and manage our own apartments, uh, which is a larger division, but that gives us a lot of buying power that we can pass along to our our smaller associations. I've been managing community associations for over 30 years uh, in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania. And um, I obviously like what I do and I'm looking forward to working with Giselle on a future project. And I should note Barbara is a member of the chapter board of directors. It's um, great to have both of you here today. Making renovations to a common area in a community association such as a clubhouse can go a long way to make homeowners feel a greater sense of pride in their community. So what are some of the most simple changes that you can suggest, Giselle, let me toss this to you, to refresh a common area space? 
Well, you know, it's true. The clubhouse is really like the heart of the community and whether it's used for fitness meetings, you know, social events, um, in some cases, it even generates some revenue for the association through rentals. It's really important to keep it fresh looking and updated because honestly, not only is it, you know, promoting homeowners pride in their community, but it absolutely, you know, you want it to be used, right? You want that space uh, to be used by members. So um, updating it and keeping it fresh is really important. But of course, like, you know, and we hear this from clients all the time, major renovations cost a lot of money and funds are not typically, you know, available for that. So the good news is, you know, you can refresh and we do suggest some simple steps you can do uh, to refresh. Um, I'll get into it a little bit, but really the biggest thing you can do is paint. Um, painting will refresh, you know, paint your walls, your ceilings, your doors, your trim. Um, and that's the biggest thing you can do. And you can do that relatively inexpensively. But then there's other things you can do, and they're kind of, I call them remove and replace steps. And they're key things that you can do to get rid of some of the dated stuff and update your wall cover coverings, your lighting, and your furniture. You mentioned painting. Let's talk about that uh, a little bit for a moment. Not everybody has the same tastes when it comes to design and colors. What colors or palettes do you suggest for common areas in particular where you know more people are gonna be present uh, in a community association? Yeah, I mean, you can't, you know, obviously everyone has different tastes and color, right? So, um, you know, you want to stick with things that are going to be, you know, well accepted by most and the majority. So you really can't go wrong with a neutral palette. Um, it allows your walls to really become the canvas for the space. And it lets you use your accents and your furniture to give it a little personality and color while leaving it sort of clean, you know, uh, in the background. So the only thing to remember though is like when picking neutral paint colors, you have to make sure that the paints, um, you use the right undertone to match what's going on in the room already. So if you have really warm, you know, colored woods, um, you might want to stick with a warmer uh, neutral. And what that means really, in case anyone doesn't know, is a warmer color kind of leans more yellow or red and a cooler color leans more blue or green. And I don't mean like obviously, but you know, just those slight hints. So like an off-white um, that means a little more beige and almond has a warmer undertone um, and an off-white that's a little brighter, maybe a little bluer has a cooler undertone. So it's kind of important to remember what you're working with in the room and then try to pick paint colors that will go with those tones. The other thing too is sometimes um, a warmer color is a little cozier feel. So you might want to use a warmer color in a larger space to give it a little more of a coziness. And a you know, cooler undertone is a little more open, can be a little more formal. So it's good to remember when you're choosing your neutrals to think about what the undertones are. You spoke about the use of neutral colors. Let me ask you about contrasting colors. Is that something you'd recommend and, and why or why not? Well, yeah, you know, you want a little life in the room as well, right? So, it, you know, neutrals are great, but, you know, you also need to bring in some color. For me, the biggest contrast in color is white. Um, and it sounds so obvious, but um, white is so powerful. Um, you know, obviously, you can, make, you can paint things black as well and get a contrast, but white is really effective um, in these interior spaces. It's effective in exterior spaces as well. Um, we always recommend the quickest way to transform a facade or an interior space 
is to paint the trim, the moldings, the doors white. White's gonna give you just a, a lot of pop and everything's gonna look new and fresh and clean. So try to avoid using off-whites and almonds because they're kind of muted and you won't get that, that you know, contrasting effect. And they kind of uh, tend to appear a little dingy as time goes on. It almost looks like they're aging before their time. So white will always look impactful and you're in no danger of like, pulling the wrong undertone with a white. So we all know trends change over time, design trends, et cetera. Many communities that may have been built in the 80s or the 90s, they may have used things like wallpaper or paneling or other types of wall coverings that we tend not to see these days. Are, are these dated? And do you suggest replacing them? Well, you know, it really depends on the wall coverings, right? So mirrored walls or maybe old like wood veneer panels, uh, they're a little dated. And I would consider removing them because they really shout 70s and 80s. Um, but, you know, wall coverings, um, wallpaper is still very popular. And I certainly would recommend using it, you know, as accents in space. It really can give you a lot of life in the space. Wallpaper is very popular right now, and there's all sorts of beautiful choices in vinyls, too, which are terrific for public spaces because they have great wear and tear and, like, cleanability as well. But it's not, you know, just, like, paint or wallpaper for the walls. You can also do architectural wall coverings, like wainscoting. Um, I think most folks know what that is, and that's, you know, that vertical plank look that's below, like, a chair rail in a room. Um, but you can also do detailed box molding below a chair rail. Um, you can do beadboard, which is a vertical grooved sort of look panel that a lot of folks are using right now. Um, or shiplap, which is a horizontal wide slat look. Um, we use a lot of that, especially in shore homes um, and shore locations. Um, but the nice part about using these types of architectural wall coverings is that they are terrific wall protection. Um, especially if you're in a hallway um, and you, you know, the wainscoting will serve as double duty, you know, with being both great looking as a visual accent, but it's also going to protect that lower half of the wall, especially if it's a high trafficked area. Or if you're a community association manager, how would you propose getting buy-in from homeowners regarding changes that some might not necessarily agree with? You know, some, some owners might prefer the walnut paneling from 1973? Well, it's, it's really important that the community have an opportunity to have their opinions heard. Um, you can't have too many meetings when you're making a, any kind of a major change, whether it's an interior of a clubhouse or the, it's the exterior facade. Um, you want to have photos that you can show for people to look at, maybe even give them uh, a chance to vote on what, they, what their favorite uh, either color or design is, and then the majority would rule. But people should feel that their their voice has been heard and their opinion is respected. Um, if that's done sufficiently, and it may take several meetings, but if, if that's done, people will be more willing to accept the final results. Barbara, have you ever had, had a situation where you have a final design plan for a community room or a clubhouse and the board loves it and you love it and the designer's really excited about it. You take it to the community and they vote it down. What happens? Well, we did a, an exterior uh, siding change uh, at one community. And um, we did give people an opportunity to have their 
vote uh, registered. And it turned out that it was uh, different than the original design that the, the board uh, anticipated and what they were looking at. Uh, it was something everybody could live with, though. Um, so they went along with the majority of the homeowners and what their opinion was. And I think that was the right thing to do. And, and they had buy-in. You're right. You said yes. that. Uh, Giselle, on some of the material that you provided uh, prior to the interview, you mentioned the fifth wall, meaning the ceiling. How do you suggest adding some interest to the ceiling in a common area? And does your suggestion differ if it's a clubhouse or a meeting room versus a narrow hallway? Uh, sure. You know, I, we always say, uh, uh, don't forget the fifth wall. You know, that ceiling is also a great place to show some personality and add some personality to the room. Um, also, in many cases, too, you know, doing something on the ceiling helps with acoustics. So if you're in a really big room, uh, other than using sort of ceiling tile uh, that is often used uh, with suspended ceilings, there are other ways to do things uh, by adding material to the ceiling that will help with acoustics. So that's, you know, a practical piece. But honestly, the ceiling uh, is forgotten quite a bit. And we've used shiplap and beadboard on the ceilings. Um, there are many folks using wallpaper on the ceilings now. Um, and I think in the larger rooms, you can be a little bit more creative. Um, so in multi-purpose rooms or a ballroom, you can even do things with molding. Obviously, the, the one that a lot of folks know is the coffered ceiling, where you create a grid pattern of boxes with moldings. But you can also do like tin look tiles. You know, that is back to the, um, the aluminum look ceiling tiles back. Um, you can paint, you know, and you can do interesting things with paint too, you know. If you're in a narrow hallway, and we talked about in different spaces, I'd probably stick with keeping the ceiling um, white or light color and keeping it simple because that narrow hallway, you know, you don't have a lot to work with and it opens it up a little bit if the ceiling's a lighter color. But if you're, you know, in a, a larger room and you've got like a, an area that's like a recessed uh, or a vaulted ceiling, a lot of uh, interesting trends right now include like a painted metallic. Um, people are using metallic paints and, you know, as accents. I'd be careful not to use something, you know, in, in a very large scale um, or be careful with the lighting because a very bright metallic will reflect a lot. So you could get a lot of glare spots, but metallic paints, um, you know, you can do some accents around a cove. You can do it in a smaller hallway as long as it's muted. It's a muted metallic. You can also just paint the ceiling a color, you know, and it doesn't have to be a crazy color, but it could be a color that's um, a relatively soft hue, you know, like a light blue and with taupe walls. And it's a really lovely way to um, give a little interest in that area, um, whether it's a small room or large room, by just giving the ceiling some color. So you don't have to do, you know, something elaborate like a faux beam or a coffered ceiling. You could just do something as simple as paint and just give a little love to that that fifth wall that everybody tends to forget, that ceiling. And it does add interest and it does, you know, sort of pick the whole space up a little bit, which is what our end game is with refreshing clubhouses, especially. So I live in the house I grew up in. We moved here in 1974 at mid 70s. Um, the living room, huge living room, huge cathedral ceiling. And my mother at the time decided she was going to put wallpaper on half the cathedral ceiling, purple and blue daisies, you know, <laughs> mid-1970s. And as you said, Giselle, it did add interest to that room. <laughs> I've since wow. painted that over. I'd love to see photos of that. 
I'll see if I dig, I can see if I can dig one up. Um, let's talk about window treatments. What's the trend in window treatments? And should one take into account how to keep treatments clean when making selections? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like window treatments can get very old looking uh, quickly. Uh, you know, especially uh, fabrics will attract dust and they, or they can get bleached out by a strong sun, especially if your windows are south facing. So I'd be careful um, with choosing window treatments. And if you have right now, currently some, some drapes that are a little bit older in your, in your clubhouse or even older shades or older blinds, consider removing. These are one of those things that I'd remove and replace. Um, Definitely, unless you can keep them clean, you know, drapes are beautiful and formal and, and there are some really gorgeous ones out there. But if you can't um, make sure that you have a regular cleaning service in your clubhouse to vacuum them um, at least like biweekly, um, you know, every two weeks or so you need them vacuumed. Every, you know, every six months or so you should have them dry cleaned. If you can't commit to that kind of cleaning schedule, I'd avoid drapes and I'd, I'd get them replaced. I'd consider doing something like a simple solar shade or a wide slat blind, you know, which is a little bit of an upgrade over the standard one inch blinds that we often see. Um, it's a little more um, formal looking and easier to clean. Um, so I would, I would try to move to something like that. A lot of times I hear, oh, well, the drapes don't, you know, if I take the drapes down, my ballroom doesn't look as formal or as dressed as it did. But you can always do a balance, a box balance above or a cornice, and that really finishes off the window. So I would I would suggest removing them unless you can make a commitment to keep them clean. Um, and it'll really it'll really look a lot fresher if you replace them, even with a, a simple shade. How about lighting? Lighting can have a dramatic effect on interior and exterior space, uh, spaces. What do you recommend for lighting? Oh my goodness, I, I can talk forever about lighting. Um, lighting is sadly an afterthought a lot. You know, uh, unfortunately in renovation projects, many times even residential homeowners will just choose their lighting sort of last after everything else is done. And lighting's so important. It, it really makes or breaks a space. Um, honestly, you know, it, you know, you can do some simple things too. It's not just the you know, physical aesthetic of the fixture. It's the lighting itself and the color of the bulb and all of that working together can really make a change. Um, in a multi-purpose room or a ballroom, you can replace like dated chandeliers with newer hanging pendants. Um, the change will make a difference. And you know, you don't have to change style. You can find that if you love your traditional style of your ballroom, that's great. You can keep your ballroom traditional, but I would just upgrade those chandeliers to a newer um, newer looking, more modern, um, but yet traditional style chandelier. You can do that. There's so much out there right now. There's so many stylistic options. I would absolutely consider, that's a, the, one of the number one things is upgrading chandeliers. Um, I'd also consider layering the lighting with some wall sconces or other accent lighting. Um, the layering is really important to give you some drama in the room. So I would definitely, if you don't have sconces on the perimeter or in your hallway, wall sconces, you know, running down the hallway, uh, really adds that extra, and especially the dimmability to you want to make sure you can dim it to give that extra drama um, in those areas too. With LED lighting right now, you can do like a lot of accents 
um, very easily. It's not too hard to do. There's tapes and other sort of a very lightweight, easy to run wiring for LED lighting. So you can absolutely add lighting to coves and you know recess, you know areas of recesses in the ceiling, uh, and it really does give you some beautiful accent. Um, if you're in restrooms, restrooms don't get renovated because you know there's a lot of cost with tile replacement. But you know, add you know just paint the restroom and add some new lighting, and it'll pick the whole space up. You know, and instead of that old-fashioned bar vanity above the sink. Um, consider replacing it with, you know, side sconces on either side of the mirror or a hanging pendant from the ceiling. And it'll really sort of give you a new look in that, in that restroom without having to replace tile if you can't do that at this point. But one, one last thing I wanted to say about lighting is, um, you know, the, you have to really think about the lamp as well. And the lamp is the other word for the bulb. You know, we all know it as the bulb, but the temperature of the bulb makes a difference. And with LEDs now, you can choose your temperature, a wide range of temperatures. So, um, you know, without getting too technical, 2700K is the temperature that's closest to the flattering light of like traditional incandescent bulbs that we're all used to from like our childhood and that were very flattering because they have this nice sort of glow and everybody's most skin tones look really good in that. Um, and then you see these LED lights, and some of them are so bright and cold at 3,500 or 4,000K, which is great for task lighting in a commercial space, but may not be the most flattering in a space where people are gathering, like a, a, you know, a lounge area or a restroom. So you want to stay away from that 3,500K in the restroom if it's not the task lighting and it's, it's just you know, to add some ambiance. Stick with that 2700, you know, lower temperature K um, because that'll give you the most flattering light. And, you know, don't leave your lighting for last. Make sure you think about it up front, um, even before you're picking your paint, because, you know, your paint's going to look different in different lighting conditions, too. So you want to make sure that you consider lighting right from the beginning. That's all really great advice. You mentioned LED lights, which are also more cost effective, Barb, when, when considering lighting. How important is it to consider the energy efficiency and obviously the cost of various types of lighting? Uh, cost is obviously always a factor when it comes to maintaining common areas in a community association. Absolutely, Tony. Cost is definitely a factor uh, and you want to try to keep those costs down. Fortunately, the cost of LED lighting has come down tremendously over the years. It's very affordable um, and that's really what, what most associations are trending towards. They're replacing their uh, street lights with LED lighting. Uh, they're replacing lighting in their clubhouse. Um, and I certainly have a lot of respect for um, Giselle's cautionary note about, <laughs> about the, the uh, strength of the LED bulbs. I recently replaced two incandescent bulbs in a ceiling fixture with LED bulbs. And um, wasn't really paying much attention to the output. And um, when I replaced them and turned it on, it was like a hospital operating room. Uh, so I, I, had to, I had to loosen up one of the bulbs so it doesn't light up. And the one bulb provides more than sufficient lighting. Um, and there are also different kinds of qualities of LED lighting, uh, just like the paint. There's a cool, uh, cool uh, lighting, there's warm lighting, uh, there's uh, outdoor type lighting, you know, so you really want to 
pay attention to the kind of space you are lighting and get the proper, uh, the proper light for that. But LED is definitely the best way to go. I think we've all experienced the confusion over trying to figure out what's the best LED to, to give me what I'm used to in the old fashioned incandescent light. We, we've all done that. And that's definitely a learning curve. I think we're all going through. The last thing we haven't really talked about is furniture. Furniture trends obviously have changed over time as well. What do you suggest when it comes to furnishing the common areas? But, you know, if you're trying to update the space, uh, the first thing you really should do is just take inventory of what you have. So, um, you know, if there's furniture that you have that's worth saving, great, and then build on that, you know, and then there's going to be things that are obviously not worth saving. So that would be sort of where you start. But, you know, a good example, I recently worked on a ballroom um, project and the chairs were just really the culprit in making that whole room look dated. Now, Oftentimes in some of some ballrooms, especially those that are rented out, you know, if, if, if communities are renting out their multi-purpose room, they have covers for those chairs, but typically uh, most don't. So those stackable chairs are usually in sort of a maroon color with a dark colored leg. It seems to be that's the most popular stackable chair out there. And it's it's very, you know, it's very, it's it's very dated looking. It's it looks very 80s in many cases. Now they're practical because they stack, and I understand that we often we need space and we need to be able to stack them away, but um, they're not very stylish. So I would say one of the number one things I'd recommend is if you do have a multi-purpose room you're looking to upgrade, I would consider replacing the banquet chairs. There, you know, there's a plethora of chairs out there now, they're at all different price points. And you'd be surprised at what you can get um, that's newer, brighter, lighter, um, still stackable, still, you know, still something that's going to work for you from a practical standpoint, but, you know, just looks a lot better. Um, but, you know, some, and let's say it's not a multi-purpose room, let's say it's just a lounge area or a piece of furniture that's in your, uh, maybe in the foyer of the a clubhouse or in the, something that's along the hallway. Um, you know, sometimes just replacing one key piece of furniture helps, you know, and it makes everything else look new. So, you know, uh, I would say, you know, if you have, if you, if you take inventory and you have a good sofa or a couple of good side chairs, but the coffee table looks a little beat up, you know, invest in a good statement looking coffee table and it, you'd be surprised it'll bring some life, you know, to that sofa or those chairs. Um, if you absolutely have to buy new upholstered furniture, I try to stay away from, you know, pronounced patterns and vibrant colors. Um, try to stick with classics, um, classic looking shapes, geometric patterns, neutrals, just because they'll have a little bit more of a life. Um, people don't get sick of things, you know, as, as we hear often, people get sick of a certain color. Um, use your accessories and your accent pillows for your color. Um, and, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, just doing a, a glance at a whole space, a hallway or a whole space, get rid of things that are collecting dust, like artificial flowers, dust collect, or total dust collectors, bric-a-brac, you know, there's, there's always a lot of bric-a-brac around. You know, if it's something that's cute and that ties into the community, that's great, but it starts to pile up after a while. So try to streamline the space, that'll help. Um, and I would also suggest um, too that, um, artwork. I often get, you know, requests about artwork and, uh, you know, mirrors are great on the wall, round mirrors, you know, nice shaped, smaller accent mirrors are terrific. 
if you're looking for artwork, you don't have to go out and invest in anything too expensive. You can go down to your local municipality and perhaps there's historic photos that they'd be willing to have you make copies of. That happens. We've done that in a couple of projects. And it's so nice to bring some of that black and white history of the area. Um, you know, there's these historic black and white photos that are just beautiful. And if you blow them up and frame them, you can get like that tie for the community to their bigger community um, in which they live. And that's a really cool way to bring in a little bit of, you know, new look to, uh, to a space as well. But, um, you know, honestly, you know, furniture can add up for sure. But if you do some of these simple little replacements, you know, you'll see, you know, a, a bigger refresh happening. Uh, and, you know, honestly, Tony, as a, you know, just as a final note with the furniture too, and all of this stuff, it seems like it's relatively pretty simple, but when you do sort of the painting, the lighting, the window coverings, uh, select window uh, 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 wall coverings rather, you will really see a change. Uh, I would caution against doing stuff on your own. I would think that, you know, community associations know enough and with their managers that they need to make sure they get professionals to do this work. Um, you don't want to take on any of that. You, know, you can't take on lighting on your own, but you don't want to take on wall covering installations and painting um, because honestly, a poor installation is just going to take you back and it's going to look like a Band-Aid. It's not going to look like a, you know, an, a, an update that you're proud of. So, I mean, any of these steps will help. I think refreshing your clubhouse or your mini spaces is, uh, is really just a, a wonderful step to take in not only promoting the community pride, but really adding value for homeowners. So pretty easy steps to do. And I think if you do a combination of any of them, you'll see a big difference. All great advice, really good tips. Thank you, Giselle and Barbara, for joining me today for this episode of Community Matters Podcast to talk about how communities can update their clubhouses and common areas. You can find more information about Parallel Architecture Group by visiting their website at www.parallelgrp.com and the Gallman Group at www.gallmangroup.com. Thanks for listening to Community Matters. We're glad to have your attention for a short time. Thanks once more to the sponsor of Community Matters podcast, Hoffman HOA Law. Find them on the web at hoffmanhoalaw.com. Interested in being a guest on an upcoming episode of Community Matters? Reach out to me at tony at caikeystone.org. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll get notifications every time we post a new episode. And please share our podcast with your colleagues and friends. For more resources and best practices on managing and governing your condominium, cooperative or homeowners association, please contact CAI or visit our website at www.caikeystone.org. Thanks again for listening.